the draft is over. We're here. We're talking risers and fallers of tight ends today. We have our risers video. Tight ends that we think our value is flying up. Uh, we think the value for them um, is probably at their best right now. Their teams did a lot to help them or did nothing to help them, which was great. Uh, we'll be talking about that today. We got Corey, Lucas, and Danny in the building along with me. Uh, what's going on, guys? Not much. Just uh, ready to talk some uh, tight end risers today. I mean, you know the tight end position uh, every year. If you don't have a good one, you always scramble to find one. So, uh, and I will tell you whose uh, value has been risen. Uh, Tyler's looking like Andy Reid right now. So <laughs> I fucking we knew it. it. He knew Ooh. you were gonna. He knew you were gonna say that. We knew you were gonna say it. I owe Nick. Uh, I owe uh, Notorious Fantasy a dollar. So thanks for that. Hey, hey, that means he should. He should start loving the Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Uh, that's fucking disgusting. No, Andy <laughs> Reid actually knows what he's talking about. Yeah, Brian Westbrook. <laughs> All right, let, let's see how much you know, Corey. I'm going to let you go ahead and kick this off. Your tight end riser for the upcoming season. Uh, my tight end riser is probably a guy that I've never seen any analytics Twitter people jizz over more than uh, when he was coming out, and that's uh, Jonu Smith, tight end for the Tennessee Titans. This dude finally showed something because he we he was stuck behind Delaney Walker and that's the biggest point that um is leading me to this is that Delaney Walker was released uh, I believe in March and Johnny Smith is now tight end one there um the quarterback he never had a connection with Marcus Mariota never seemed to work with that mainly because Marcus Mariota sucks but um uh Ryan Tannehill's retained on a new contract so he's back they didn't add any receivers in the draft. It's just A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, Adam Humphreys. They actually lost Tajay Sharp as well, so that might free up some uh, production also. Um, he's going into a contract year, so from a dynasty perspective, that's a little bit murky. You don't know if he's going to stay with the Titans going forward, if he's going to be a free agent. Either way, I expect him to have his best year as a pro, and I think he had a decent year this past year, um, all things considered. Um, hopefully he plays well enough so that Tennessee's just like, okay, we got to resign this dude. Yeah. Um, and this, the number two target, uh, pass catching target is, is really murky in the Titans passing game. Cause obviously AJ Brown's a stud. Everyone knows that, but Corey Davis's fifth year option was declined. So we're not exactly sure. And it, his volume took a big hit last year because they realized he just isn't as good as he was built to be coming out of school. Um, Adam so Humphreys. yeah, Adam Humphreys is, 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 is a, is a good receiver, but he's not nothing special. So, uh, if Johnny Smith and Johnny Smith, I'm going to pull some key stats here. So he was number two, um, uh, among all tight ends and yards per target at number at 9.98, obviously George Kittle was number one, um, yards per route run. He was number eight with 1.78, which I know a lot of people are very big on the yards per route run, uh, metric for tight ends, uh, yak per reception at 7.8. Number two, I'm guessing, you know, who number one was. And, um, yeah, the Titans offense. Another thing I wanted to mention quickly is they might get figured out a little bit. So they might have to throw the ball a little bit more. Everyone knows they want to run the ball with Henry. So I think there's a chance that they're like, that's not as effective. They lost Jack Conklin, who was probably their best run blocker. So um, I know they replaced him in the draft, but again, uh, I, I think there's a chance that they're going to throw the ball a little bit more than they had to last year. So, so uh, real quick, just kind of want to ask this, because I know we do not have him in this, uh, in this risers video. Uh, you're backing uh, Joni not corely based off of it, but definitely with a lot of influence that uh, Delaney Walker's gone. Does that mean you have a lot of interest in Ian Thomas, uh, Thomas as well with uh, Greg Olson being gone? Uh, 
Yeah, I'm definitely like he's. I, I think he's probably maybe not in a similar tier. I think I would have Johnny a little bit ahead of him because I think the offense is going to be better. But um, yeah, Ian Thomas. The thing about Ian Thomas is that I think they have three good receivers there. We'll see what happens with Curtis Samuel. But yeah, the, it's more so an opportunity thing because I think Johnny Smith is the second best like pass catching target in his offense, and Ian Thomas maybe is the second best. But I I, I think Robbie Anderson's good, and I think Curtis Samuel's good. So. Okay. They have four good receivers. I mean, and it, tight ends and running backs uh, targets have correlated. A lot of people have noticed that. So with Ian Thomas, it's going to be kind of a, a rough hill to climb when you have Christian McCaffrey getting a hundred plus targets, 116 catches last year. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> it's, it's still crazy to think about how uh, just purely dominant a guy like uh, Christian McCaffrey was last season. He's definitely uh, intriguing, but we're not talking about Christian McCaffrey. We're talking about, Tight end risers, and uh, for me, it's uh, Tyler's boy, Mike Jasicki, tight end for the, the Miami Dolphins. And yeah. uh, the way I look at it, a big, a big thing I noticed during the NFL draft from a Miami Dolphins perspective is they went out there and they said, "Let's build the foundation of our team." They drafted their franchise quarterback in Tua Tungavailoa. What was their next step? Drafted offensive line pieces, Robert Hunt. Uh, obviously the biggest one uh, to consider there. I mean, Austin Aust- Jack. Yeah. I, I was going to mention him, but I'm like, oh, I don't know if he's going to be that guy right away, but still invested a ton of capital into the offensive line. And uh, the rest of their picks were allocated on their defensive, uh, defensive end. They didn't add a skill position player on offense until round seven, adding Navy wide receiver Mal- uh, Malcolm Perry in the seventh round. Just, just for a factor. I mean, do, do we all really know Malcolm Perry going into the draft cycle? He's, I didn't miss a game of Navy last year. How dare you? <laughs> they, almost beat Michigan. they almost beat Michigan, so. Oh, yeah, I so. actually did watch one Navy game last yeah, year. Yeah, Michigan. When I watched they play Army and Navy, and that was the only game. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I did watch the Michigan game, and, uh, yeah, that was uh, sad because literally that team, I want to say, ran, like, 95% of the time. They go to their offense, ran ninety five percent. because they tried to throw the ball. It's so annoying to watch, but uh, everyone you know. in that uh, everyone in that conference runs ninety five percent of the time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, going back to it though, uh, Jasicki really showed up down the stretch in the last six games for the Miami Dolphins. The team averaged twenty seven point eight points per game, showing a, obviously a great improvement from the freaking fifty nine to ten loss to the Ravens to start the year. Uh, but yeah, during those last six games, the development of uh, Mike Jasicki was very evident, averaging 13.4 fantasy points per game in PPR formats over that stretch, which is incredible to think about. Uh, Miami actually hired Chan Gailey, a uh, well-known, well-respected offensive coordinator. Big improvement over what they had last year with Chad O'Shea. And just overall, I mean, Jasicki is a talented player, showed the potential in the last six games, obviously, as I just mentioned. Uh, and he, you look for these guys every year. Who are these talented players with good opportunity to break out? I mean, George Kittle two years ago, Mark Andrews, uh, Darren Wall last year. Just think he could very well be that next guy for this year. So, uh, yeah. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on Jasicki? I think uh, it's a pretty good one here. Hello. Uh, third and deep targets last year amongst tight ends. So, he's, he's getting that that down the field, uh, those down the field looks, which is giving you big play opportunities, which in form is then driving your fantasy, uh, the fantasy value of him. Uh, seventh in targets overall, he had 89 last year. That's clearly based on that that six-game uh, stretch. Really only had one scuffle game in there. Uh, the rest, he was putting up double-digit points, and it was, it was fantastic. Like you mentioned, 13.4 average in those last six games. Miami just really started piecing it together. I mean, we did, if you mentioned it, 27.8 points per game in those last six games. Like That's when they were finally starting to figure it all out, and that's the games that you're going to want to really watch when you're kind of looking back at Gusecki because – 
you're looking at, okay, this is what their offense fundamentally will be for the upcoming year is what they're going to show at the end of the season. Um, now they kind of have figured out what their roster is and what it entails. That's what I was really uh, looking for when I was watching Gusecki. I'm very, very happy uh, to own him with the value that he's going at right now. Uh, he's definitely a guy that's going to make some big moves in the future. For sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I, oh, I think the kind of along with Ian Thomas, it kind of plays in the same sort of uh, like volume and regression role. So you can take Ian Thomas in a way of Tannehill's um, outrageously efficient production is going to regress, but that's going to open up more targets elsewhere from A.J. Brown. The same can kind of go here because Preston Williams will come back, obviously, or else they would have drafted someone. I mean, it's they're not going to roll in with Devontae Parker and Albert Wilson like they probably have in the last couple of years. But bringing back Preston Williams will only sort of make the defense focus on the two receivers that dominated them last year, which will just open up the middle, which the, open, the middle is going to be open anyways because Williams and Parker are just dominant downfield receivers. So I think that he's in line for probably – I don't want to say streamer tight end like ADP in production, but it's probably like that back end one that you would take like, like eight to the ten in, in the top ten. That yeah. I, I would take him nine or ten to be quite honest. I mean, you're just projecting situation. Not to mention, we haven't even talked about how lackluster their ground game was last year. I mean, Kalen Balaj was averaging what 1.6 yards per carry. An improved ground game in itself. Career high helpful. for Kalen Balaj, by the way. <laughs> It'll, uh, again, uh, a more improved uh, ground game in and itself will just open up the seams for Jusicki, a really good uh, downfield catcher, as Tyler mentioned, number three in deep targets uh, amongst tight ends last year. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, overall, I just think this team's going to be a lot better, plain and simple. I mean, Brian Flores showed he's a really good coach down the stretch. I mean, if you guys looked at their roster last year, it was pretty bad once they got, got hit by injuries. So, uh, the fact they were able to average 27.8 on offense with, uh, yeah, Kalen Balaj and Patrick Laird, and Brian Fitzpatrick, I'm not going to talk shit because he played well down the stretch, but just shows like they added to a, they added the offensive line piece. Like I'm really, really uh, intrigued by this team moving forward. I think that the the potential is immense. With all with all uh, tight ends, I found a strategy that works. Is I, I know everyone preaches the late round quarterback thing. I've kind of, I'm kind of been like a late round tight end guy in redraft leagues. I don't know why. I I the last like three years, I've just absolutely nailed the breakout tight ends because I picked Waller, Andrews. Um, like everywhere last year in redraft leagues. And I picked um, uh, Kittle and uh, I don't remember who the other guy that broke out that year was uh, the previous year. I, these type of tight ends like Gusecki, Johnny Smith, Ian Thomas, I believe Lucas's guy also fits into this category. Could have been Blake uh, Jerwin. These are the type of guys that I, I pick at the end of drafts because I don't want to spend a fourth round pick on guys like fucking Evan Ingram and OJ Howard and, and Hunter Henry last year. Cause that didn't really work out too well when you missed out on probably Austin Eckler. Like you probably could have gotten Austin Eckler where you picked OJ Howard last year and yeah. instead you got fucked over. Yeah. Tune in for uh, a little OJ Howard segment in the next video. Cause uh, I'll get, I'll get into him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Look, is it, do you want to go? You want me to? Yeah. Um, I got, so I got, I have Hayden Hurst. Um, yeah, so pretty, I don't know if it's a pretty like simple, his obviously his stock went up the day he got traded like I mean anyone could argue that 111 vacated targets just to the tight end position and there's 68 vacated in the receiving room which they have Russell Gage but like come on Hayden Hurst is gonna be more of a priority than Russell Gage so he already has that going for him to me he's way more athletic of a just a prospect than Austin Hooper Hooper's just a big body in the red zone um, with the red zone Hooper led Atlanta in red zone targets um, overall for some reason, Julio Jones and Matt Ryan just can't seem to click it in the red zone. And 
you could act like that, like that's going to get better, but um, it hasn't happened in this whole career, so it's not just going to like happen this year. Or else it would have happened. Their cutters now. still the offensive coordinator, and he can't <laughs> yeah. call red zone offense to save. <laughs> yeah, like there was, I think it was the Bucks game last year, the one that was like super high scoring, maybe Bucks or Saints, when they they targeted Julio three times in the red zone, like wide open, overthrew him, and then they got a Austin Hooper one pass, and they get it for some reason, but. Yeah. Relevant to to all Dirk can do is target tight ends in their red zone. We had a I game guess. where Fitzpatrick threw 500 yards and we still fucking didn't score. We had three points and we had 500 yards <laughs> of offense. It happens, I guess. But the, the Falcons last year were 10.77 pass plays over the average of the 32 teams. Like you said, Dirk Cutter's there. That's not changing. Uh, Austin Hooper had eight targets per game. If you gave Hayden Hurst eight targets per game, I would draft him in every single league this year because okay. he offers more, like I said, athletically after the catch probably route separation, speed, just everything in general. Um, I'm assuming he's a better pass blocker than Hooper. He got drafted in the first round like three years ago, and they just traded a second-round pick for him. So they obviously feel like his value is still there to only drop one round, you could say. Because a lot of times we see players in the first round get traded for like a fifth-round pick three years later. So the value is still there. Um, And the games that Austin Hooper played, because he got injured for three weeks last year, Atlanta targeted the tight end 21% of the times. So as long as he can beat out Jaden Graham, and I'm pretty sure Luke Stalker's still there, he's in for easily top 10 tight end production just based off the volume alone. Yeah, I don't even think those guys are real people, the people you Yeah, exactly. So. Jaden Graham. Gosh. Yeah. Uh, so, Lucas, brother. I mean, that's a solid point. I think that's a pretty obvious uh, riser. Um, he maybe. will be my target in every redraft. Yeah, league. and I guess – Him and Gusecki, I will own all of them. 100%. Yeah. I mean, well, I guess – yeah. I, I guess the, the part of the video, the riser post-draft, is because they made no offensive additions except for offensive line, and their offensive linemen are returning. So I guess it rose more, I guess. I don't know. It didn't go down, I guess you could say. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm going to convince you guys that it's okay to, uh, to back, some, back some players that you may have some lost, uh, some, some held-on hate for. Um, so this certain player uh, finished uh, fifth in his position for snap shares. Team was seventh in, in pass plays, third in utilization amongst all players um, at the position uh, for targets. He uh, has 12 top 12 finishes in all of the 19 games he's played in the past two years. Your heart may ache for this man. You may hate him because of his injuries, but you know what? You got to love him because it's, it's Evan Ingram. And he I thought it was going to be Jordan Reed for a second. He's terrible. He hasn't played played 12 games in the last 12 years. Come on. Guy's got a mush for head. His head's mush. I love to hear something that hurts. So uh, I'll just tell you quick what's something that hurts. So I drafted like a God squad last year, uh, like in post draft. I got Ben Singletary late at uh, Mark Andrews late. So I'm like, okay, you know what? Let me take a little splash, uh, upgrade the tight end position. Because obviously I loved Mark Andrews. But there was no way in heck I thought he would finish above Evan Ingram. So I traded Mark Andrews and Devin Singletary for Evan Ingram preseason. Everybody's like, oh, my God, Daniel, you freaking ripped them off. Like, how are you going to, like, expose a guy like that? And I'm looking back on well, the season. Like, your first problem was you upgraded at the position you don't need to upgrade at, and it was for an, an injury-prone player. Hey, 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 shut it. Shut it. All right, go for it, Kevin. Injury prone. We're all injury prone. Okay, you know, I I, uh, I hurt my toe. I stubbed it on a on a corner of a of a fucking table. So you know, shit happens. All right. Um. So yeah. Anyways, uh, fifth year option was picked up by the Giants. They're they believe in him as a target. 
No wide receivers were drafted at all, so they're okay with the fact that Darius Slayton, Golden Tate, and Sterling Shepard represent their wide receiver core. Don't you dare speak um, down on Darius Slayton like that. Check to the quiet, Darius Slayton. <laughs> Meaning that they, they clearly care enough about Ingram and, and what he can do for their team. Um, so they, they hold on to him. Uh, obviously, the fifth-year uh, option was signed. Um, they added line to protect Daniel Jones uh, and give more time for the wide receivers than Ingram. So that was a key uh, – piece as well and again just like Lucas's guy I mean it's you're looking at they made no additions to the receiving core and that's the reason they're a riser that's perfect for me line got upgraded obviously Daniel Jones coming into another year I'm very excited for it I mean he missed uh he missed eight games last year still finished his tight end 19 so he's which is crazy for only playing eight games like that's remarkable so just seeing what he could do um in a stretch where he's playing all the games is, is right, right. What I'm looking at. I mean, he averaged 13.67 uh, yard uh, points uh, fantasy wise per, per game, half PPR, just wanted to go through the balance there of standard and, and full PPR. So that's, that's wonderful for me. That's a guy who I can get behind. Um, if he plays the full, full season, if he plays 13 games, he's going to be a top 10 tight end. That's just what oh, his going to do. Honestly. Yeah, honestly, you, you it's so easy to become a top tight end, a top ten tight end. He'll probably be a top six tight end if he plays thirteen you, games. You tell me he's playing thirteen games. He, I, I, there's no way in heck he's finishing outside the top five, in my opinion, just because simply, I mean, like as Tyler mentioned, the career like, average is twelve point five. I mean, fantasy points per game. That's remarkable. Like really? hell yeah, I'll take that. Give give me that. I in you know I don't I, if injuries are unpredictable, so I can't just say. Yeah, he's he's injury prone because he's gotten hurt. Sometimes shit just happens and they stack up. He wasn't so you know, I, I, I would love to see him injury free because it's a remarkably talented tight end that has that top five easy potential. Um I, I honestly believe he could in a full sixteen game season could compete with guys like Andrews, Kittle and, and Kelsey because that's just what he's able to do. He demands that targets his Deep, deep ball share is wonderful. The snap share overall is wonderful for him. It's the guy who I get behind if he just stays injury free. For sure. No, uh, I again, like as I mentioned, I had Evan Ingram uh, when he was healthy last year. And I will tell you, when he was healthy, he won you weeks, like plain and simple. Like he was dynamic, he was explosive. I mean, are you uh, referring to the play against Tampa where Vernon Hargraves tripped? <laughs> I'm also referring to the play against Dallas where he literally smoked our secondary, even though yeah. we still blew him out. Yeah, and you guys didn't make any changes. Yeah. yeah, no, we did. Ingram, Ingram is an awesome player to own in fantasy when he's on the field, but he's so frustrating when you when he's not on the field, which is about half the time. If that if that dude can stay healthy, like I I'll continue to take shots on him and redraft if if the price is right. I'm not picking him in the sixth round, yeah. but like if he's like a tenth, twelfth, tenth, like whatever kind of pick like that, yeah. I, I usually take two to three tight ends in redraft leagues every year because one of them will break out usually. So that's why I do it. And I love the prices, right? So I completely back that, that show and uh, the price of Evan Ingram. So that's going to wrap up our tight end risers from the draft. If you made it to this point, it's because you love what's going on here. You love the chemistry, the content. You want to be a part of what magic we're making here. And you can do that by you clicking that subscribe button. Is it free? You're damn right it's free. Is the bell free too? Yeah, and it's going to tell you when our videos come out. Is the Discord free? You're damn right it's free. Damn right it is. Hey. Hit that like hey. button down there is the quality content free you tell me potentially <laughs> does it hurt your ears when danny says it's quality content you're damn right it does <laughs> so comment down below if you have a uh, a riser you believe in this year you're buying into uh shoot it down there uh we'll we'll have a little argument with you if we hate your choice uh sure. that's gonna wrap it up for us guys thank you for being here
Peace out, y'all. We love you.